This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. Hello, I'm Anita Arnand and thank you for downloading BBC Radio 4's Any Answers, the sister programme to Any Questions. Welcome to Any Answers. So the Home Secretary, Sajid Javid, has this week proposed to introduce a new ASBO-style order aimed at tackling knife crime in England and Wales. I wonder what you make of this, because under the measures, uh, children as young as 12 could be given these social orders, even if they don't have a knife on them. Is this the way to tackle an increasing problem on our streets? Love your thoughts on this. 03700 100 444 is the number to call. Also this week, the Foreign Secretary has demanded that the EU should impose additional sanctions on Venezuela unless elections are called and called soon. But are we consistent when it comes to dealing with dictators? Do we maybe turn a blind eye when... Perhaps oil-rich countries do things that do not suit our moral code. I'd love your thoughts on that. Uh, It wouldn't be any answers, of course it wouldn't, if we weren't talking Brexit, so I'd love to know what you made of this week's developments. Do you think you're being told the truth when it comes to things like trade, border control, the backstop? Uh, All of that... And uh, as you heard, if you were listening to the news quiz earlier on, tributes rolling in following the untimely death of Jeremy Hardy of this parish, praising above all his kindness and his humanity. I just want to know whether you think we could do with a little more of that in our politics, in the way we talk about things, especially when we talk about things as divisive as Brexit. Is that even possible? 03700 100 444 is the number to call. You can email any.answers at bbc.co.uk or tweet using the hashtag BBCAQ. But let us first of all talk about those proposed new powers to control and monitor suspects thought to be carrying knives. Um, What do you make of all this? Let's go to our first caller. Ashley Middix is calling us uh, from Dumfries and Galloway. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Nita. Hi there, Ashley. What did you want to say? Oh, well, uh, well, perhaps linking the first topic and the last topic together, uh, I would really like to think of myself as a kind-hearted um, individual. I've had a, um, a lifelong interest in politics, some um, on the liberal um, scale, if you like, and um, my views on knife crime, especially in association with the proposed um, uh, introduction of um, the ASBOs, are actually more extreme than perhaps most of the people who know me would think I would hold. I have, um, Anita, for a long time, uh, if you ask my wife and my friends, um, uh, my views on um, knife crime and people carrying knives without good reason, they, they, they know them and they know them very well. And those views are that um, I just think that if uh, the people who are tempted to put a knife in their pocket, uh, either for, in their own mind, self-defense or perhaps um, to attack somebody else, in other words, for no good reason apart from violence, mm. were to be aware of a highly publicized uh, change in the law, i.e. they would be a, a statutory prison sentence associated with the carrying of such a weapon without good reason. I personally think that the numbers of those um, people carrying knives um, would reduce substantially, And as a result, the thousands of people, not just the individuals themselves who've been injured or killed with um, knife crime, but um, the extended families and friends of uh, those individuals, um, those those numbers would drop. Mm. And I just think there would be a complete change of 
the ways in which people um, might be uh, thinking about or tempted um, to think about carrying a knife in circumstances that um, have led to such um, devastation and sadness. I, I was interested, I, mean, I don't know whether you heard Jonathan and his panel discussing this, but I was, I was very interested in, in the way in which everybody, no matter which side of the argument they came from on this, Acknowledge that there was a real problem in people who are very young going into the, the the prison system at any level at any at any place. And the really contentious thing about this is that this twelve year old uh, limit that has been placed. So even if they're not caught with a blade, even if they haven't got one, a twelve year old year old could enter the system somehow. And we heard this week from the Labour MP Sarah Jones um, too, who's the chair of the All Parliamentary Group on Knife Crime, saying imprisoning young people as young as 12 for two years for breaching this order is completely disproportionate. So whereas people think that, yes, something might be, it, it is good to do something, it is the age limit that is bothering many. What about yourself, Ashley? Well, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, if somebody at the age of 12 is... Um, uh, again, tempted, um, and uh, you know, I think um, understanding the, um, the 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 ways in which people's lives are so blighted, and and um, in, in some circumstances, because of the the ways in which they've grown up, because of the environment that they're living in, they feel as if um, carrying a knife at that tender age, and perhaps even younger than twelve, might be the only way that they can go out safely mm. uh, into uh, that environment. That, that, that's that's very sad. So imprisoning people of that age would not be the way to go. There would have to be another way of dealing with that. And I'm sure that, that there are ways um, mm. through counselling and support um, that you could try and persuade people who are caught carrying knives at that age to change their... Well, yes. Behavior. I mean, let, 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 let's talk to people who do work perhaps with, with young people. Um, I'd be really interested to know what, what you think the pressure point is. Um, and where you can affect change, especially with people this young. 03700 100 444 is the number to call. Norma Hornby has got in touch, calling from Warrington. Good afternoon, Norma. Good afternoon. Hi, Norma. Thank you for letting me speak. Um, I was involved in youth services as far back as the 1960s when teddy boys um, in particular, as they were called at that time, were carrying knives and there was a moral panic. And... Looking back at, at the course of history since then, some very forward-looking youth workers and perhaps churches as well engaged those teddy boys in looking at the reasons why they were carrying knives and the consequences of, it, of carrying them and engaging them in coming up with ideas for addressing the problem and perhaps making sure that they had alternatives to knife crime. Mm. And I believe that from that day, the involvement in young people in developing their own services has been fairly consistent. Um, during the Blair Brown years, no charity or young people's service could get funding if young people didn't have a say in how that was going to be spent. And I just feel that I'm so pleased that it was mentioned last night that the closure, the absolute decimation of youth services with all the outreach programs and young people's advice centres that accompanied them, arrived at a terrible time when young people were already being hit by austerity measures. Mm. And I believe we have to look at the reasons why so many young people, particularly from the most deprived communities, are so angry and so marginalised. 
Carrying now is for all sorts of reasons. It can be status, it can be fear, perhaps wanting to belong to something bigger. But youth services did engage so many young people in positive activities and making them future citizens. Mm. citizens. Can, can I ask you this? I mean, you, you sort of harken back to a time where, where teddy boys were carrying knives. Yes. I mean, what were the, what were the kind of levels? Because I, I, I'm looking at the numbers. The numbers are, are pretty shocking uh, right I now. Think, I, I mean, I just, just, to, just to let people sort of know so what sorry. we're talking about. No, not at all. Uh, 2002, uh, 2017 to 2018, 268 homicides using sharp instruments, knives, broken bottles, that kind of thing, accounting for 33% of all homicides. And the fact is these are young people. Invariably, these are very young people who are involved Absolutely. in this kind of thing. Were we talking about numbers even approaching that? Oh, yes, I think. I mean, we didn't have social media in those days, so information wasn't as wide, you know, spread as widely. But I think they were almost reaching those levels. Mm. And I think criminalisation, criminalising children is certainly not the solution. Um, but I, looking at it from a young person's point of view, they've lost pretty well everything and their lives have been left out of the debate while Brexit has dominated the agenda. And austerity measures have hit many of their families hard and at the same time the government transferred all the youth service budgets, or most of them, the National Citizenship Service, which is, well, at the time we thought it was going to be an add-on to youth services, but it's not an all-year-round mm. provision. Mm. And then if we mm. look at mental health escalating, we look at the emergence of county lines, and I've been supporting young people who are involved in that. There are lots of people trying to make money out of young people, and we have to look at privatisation and contracting out of services. And I think we have to accept the fact it's very unsafe at the moment. It's very frightening, and young people are also frightening. But put them into prison and their life life chances are going to be ruined. Mm. Okay, Norma, thank you very much for your call. A lot of people actually responding to what what happens next. You know, a, a silly decision when you are young. How long does that hang around your neck? Oh three seven hundred one hundred four 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 is the number to call. Craig Hall has uh, tweeted us today. It's cheaper to invest in kids, not incarcerate them. Communities have been stripped of uh, their fabric through austerity, and the profit element. Uh, posties, bobbies on the beat, community and youth centres and banks were part of the social fabric. Another one here, with knife crime, the problem is the same as with other crimes. We do not need new laws. We simply need for the existing laws to be suitably enforced throughout the system, uh, says Tom. Uh, Another from Stan who says, how about giving the parents and guardians of those under 18-year-olds carrying knives the punishments as well? After all, they are meant to be responsible for looking after the young people. Let's take another call on this. Very interesting today. 03700 100 444, the number to call. Lynn Jones is calling us from Liscard in Cornwall. Good afternoon, Lynn. Good afternoon. Hi, what did you want to say? Um, well, really good points. The last speaker has just said in relation to youth services and the first speaker, to be fair. And I think we do need to sit back and think, how did this come about? And austerity seems to have hit the vulnerable parts of society much more than the tax evaders at the top. So we're left with decimated youth services, um, community policing that's taken a real dip. And if I just speak about our own area here in southeast Cornwall, I understand that Cornwall Council has to find another £3 million in cuts over the next three years. We used to have a community support officer. 
And as a local parish councillor, if we had a little bit of trouble, um, such as a little bit of vandalism or something, I could phone Bob and say, do you think you could have a walk through the village? It seems to be happening just after school. And he would appear once or twice, chat to the youngsters, and the problem seemed to go away. Um, and we've lost him. We also had a brilliant initiative that was commended by the Chief Constable of Devon and Cornwall, Mr Sawyer. Um, we had Liscard Have Your Say panel. It was an amazing exchange of information that went on there. We met once a, a month with the local police, fire service, housing, animal welfare, um, Bob Minmore um, Council, Forestry Commission, Youth Services, a whole range of... Um, people that were very useful as a counsellor. It meant I knew other people I could call when a problem cropped mm. up. I'm afraid that went the way of the cuts last year. And although this is probably information that's online now, we could alert and share each other to ideas and share um, solutions. Can so I just I really think? Yeah. Can, may, may I just ask you this? I mean, it's it's uh, we're hearing a lot, and also on, on Twitter and email. Um, thank you all very much. By the way, you're, you're getting in touch in your droves, and I'll read some more of that in a moment. But people talking about austerity, and I wonder whether there's something else that's different. We had our friend who worked in youth services in the '60s, uh, Norma, saying, you know, the, the Teddy Boys—that was a thing. But she also did acknowledge she didn't have the social media aspect. She didn't have. Um, I mean, it wasn't the the time when there was a an almost fetishization of, of kind of gang culture, which you do see in some of our, our, our popular culture, um, that it is cool to run with a crew and not be challenged and be feared. And that is a new thing, which has little to do with austerity, but more to do with with sort of, I don't, I don't want to say moral compass, it's not that, but what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. You're obviously much younger than me, Anita, but <laughs> I can remember West Side Story and various gangs in the past. I don't mm. think it's the gang situation. I think it is role models and older youths and not being, perhaps mixing so much with the younger youths when you shut down youth clubs and places where young, young people hang out. Um, then they lack those um, older um, young people to guide them. They lack the role models of adults um, in that sort of setting. We're very lucky we have an excellent youth club still run voluntarily in our village. Mm. Um, but those sort of things really count. So I don't think gangs are a new thing at all. I think it's the lack of guidance. I don't think adolescents are suddenly more evil now. Um, young people are, are the same. That, you know, they're finding their way in the world. And I have grandchildren coming up to this age, and I could fully understand their their fear and you know you're giving them the choice do you want a criminal sentence or do you go to school without or out without mm. this knife until we put support in for them much more police presence in a friendly way more youth workers more opportunities for youth and that would get me back to austerity again i'm afraid and how you help young people find okay. their way forward into mm. good jobs that are secure and provide proper training instead of you know short-term contracts and um, you know, much less opportunity. Um, so a path, I mean, a path to adulthood that is yes, clear exactly. and has... I mean, home. Okay, yeah, no, I, I take your point. Lynn, thank you very much. Lots of people stacking up to talk about this, so, but thank you very much indeed. Uh, lots uh, here on uh, Twitter and email as well. Knife crime will only be stopped, says Tony, when you get all the perpetrators, victims, parents of victims, parents of the perpetrators, youth workers and police to sit down and come up with a plan taking all opinions into account. Jessica says, I know children and teenagers are carrying knives because they don't believe the Met Police will protect them and care for them. 
Um, Mrs Chin says some children feel they need to carry knives to protect themselves. Punishing them by incarceration will not help. Carrying a knife may be a safety strategy for some children in areas where there is gang activity. Do you know who I'd really I'd love to hear from the police on this? Uh, you can, you know, remain anonymous if, if you wish. I understand that there is that uh, trickiness about calling. But just what what is your experience? Is it this? Is it that, you know, kids are carrying knives these days because they don't think you're going to be able to protect them or is it something else that's going on? 03700 100 444 is the number to call. Mary Hawking uh, is calling us. Hello, Mary. Hello. Hi, what did you want to say, Mary? Right. Everybody's been talking about knife crime and carrying knives, but actually this particular regulation is going to be about the suspicion of carrying a knife when the when there's absolutely no proof whatsoever. So my question is, this is going to, if this is an ASPO, mm. will these children have to declare that indefinitely when applying for jobs for their clinical, their criminal record checks? Mm-hmm. Um, remember, these are not, if, you've, if you are caught carrying a knife, that is itself a crime, separate. These are people who, particularly the young people, who have not been caught carrying a knife, but somebody thinks they might at some time. Yes, but then there only there is only sort of the, the, the threat of incarceration if they are given this. I mean, people are calling it an ASBO, oh, but, but it's, 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 a, it's a parallel system. But if they are giving, given one of these orders and then they are found to be in breach of that order by carrying a knife, that's when these things kick in. Right. Well, there are two things on this. One is, would they have to declare that they have been given this order mm. in future? I'm just not clear on that one. Okay, all right. Well, thank thank you very much indeed. Let's uh, read some more of your thoughts on this. I I don't know the answer to your question. 03700 100 444 is the number to call. Uh, This um, has come from Stephen Granville, who's writing from St. Helens in Merseyside. The surge in knife crime corresponds closely with cuts to youth and probation services. It will cost more than has been saved to suffer more injuries and deaths and to jail kids. Uh, another one here, Stephen C.B. Hartley says, The children have every right to be angry. The world is on the brink of chaos with no solution in sight. In other words, the kids have been let down by previous generations. Uh, another one, Mark J. Bunting says, I think a 20-year minimum sentence might act as an eye-opener and a deterrent. Uh, Mark, get back in touch. A 20-year minimum sentence for what, exactly? Uh, Ed Wilson says, These orders starting with ASBOs, are a way to punish a non-criminal offence and convert it into a criminal offence if the order is broken. Dick says, such youngsters need to be taken out of their current environment, sent away to the countryside, to special schools, where they can experience a different ethos, a different culture, with an emphasis on discipline, learning and a productive use of spare time. So very interesting. Mark Tennant is calling us from London. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon. What did you want to say, Mark? Um, I think the most important thing to understand about this is that most of the knife crime in London is based on gangs, which are based on drugs. And there is no silver bullet to it, as Rory Stewart quite rightly points out. At the very top, we do have to have severe consequences for those that either carry knives or are suspected of carrying knives. That's what they did in Glasgow, and they reduced knife crime 
hugely there. You 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 speak with such conviction. Are you involved in any way? Yes, I am. I'm I, I'm involved with a, a, a charity called St Giles Trust, which has an operation called SOS, responsible, which was set up to deal to try to stop young offenders reoffending. Over the last uh, ten years, that organisation has stopped a thousand young offenders reoffending, and and and, and it, it does it because yeah. all our people. Ex-convicts themselves. So, so just to, I mean, we'll we'll get onto your thoughts. If not this system, what system? In in a, in a moment. Uh, but but just tell me how how at what stage do you become involved? And and tell me some of the success stories and, and how you've affected change. Well, we're involved. I don't, I don't want to go into the success stories because they're actually quite a long story. Most of them are quite long stories. But um, uh, we get involved probably a year before the young offender comes out of prison. One of our guys goes in. And he says, look, I've been in your position. I've been where you are. When you come out, you've got two alternatives. You can go back on the, on, on the streets and sell drugs and carry knives and earn £1,000 a week. Or you can do what I did, which is come out, I have a family, I have a future, I have a job. Mm. Your choice. And when they do take that second choice, it's our responsibility to take them through there rehabilitate them and find them jobs and we're lucky to have some really great employers in this country mm. who help us do that now you were, you were agreeing with rory stewart who says actually that there needs he's, to be a really tough absolutely on the nail. But what we definitely yeah. need at government level is far more talking across departments um what sir humphrey would have called cross departmental committees mm. where the home office the ministry of justice uh, the DWP, a housing ministry, Department of Education, have a committee that actually is focusing on gangs and knife crime and drugs. Does does the is the die set at the age of twelve? Because I'm just thinking about twelve year olds, and yeah. to, to me they are they are no more than babies. You know, Indeed. they are they are so young, so very very young. Yes, and we're talking about children who have just entered yes. secondary school, so they they have just stopped being primary school kids. Is that the right level to pitch this at? Yes, it is, because that's where it starts. The head of our organisation was put away for doing some pretty heinous crimes when he was 12 and 13. He's now 33. Mm. He's won an MBE for what he does. Um, Yes, it is absolutely the time that we need to deal with it. And yes, youth clubs, policing, all the rest of it is terribly important. But you could throw every bobby in the country at it in London. You wouldn't stop it. Can I can I read you an email, Mark? Um, and just Sorry. tell me what I'm going to read an email from someone yes, called please. John Plimpsell from from Middlesex, who said. I feel strongly that these orders are wrong. They will lead to injustice. They are extremely unlikely to reduce knife crime. These orders require insufficient evidence and may be made on the basis of suspicion that a person who may be as young as 12 is at risk of carrying a knife. This could apply to a young person who's being bullied by a gang member. Knife crime prevention orders permit considerable restrictions on a person's life, including their use of social media. Disgracefully breaking such an order disgracefully breaking such an order is a criminal offence carrying a potential custodial sentence. This is unacceptable to me. Of course, everything possible must be done to reduce gun crime. Our government should give proper consideration to what works. There's clear evidence from Scotland of the uh, effectiveness of public health approaches to knife crime. And I feel it's shameful that our government has been cutting funds for local authorities, leading to reductions in youth services. And it goes on about uh, the, the reduction and in, 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 in chances that young people have these days. 
and the amount of money that is spent on them, but very strongly saying, look, this is this is going to lead to injustice. And we had somebody else saying, actually, it's, it's, it's actually going to lead to racial profiling, potentially, as well, where someone says, look, you, you come from this housing estate, you must be somebody who's going to use a knife at some point. I think the police have to use these powers sensibly. And for the most part, our police do. Um, they need to have very real reason. And I think the second thing is that there is no no necessity that any of the people who are suspected are going to be thrown in prison. They're not. Mm. Um, so, But we have to tackle this. Twelve-year-olds, as Rory absolutely rightly says, do kill people. If you are a mother whose son has been killed by a 12-year-old, do you feel really strongly that he was 12 or 24? No, fair point, Mark. Thank you very much. I'm afraid much. I'm sorry. The, yeah. the, the, we've got to tackle this at its heart. Thank you, Mark. And Thank we you have for... to get into the gangs. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Claire Van uh, Helferton is calling us. I hope I said your name right, Claire. I sort you of did, you ran did. at it at speed. Uh, calling us from Colchester. What, what did you want to say? Yes, uh, good afternoon. I work in um, gun and knife crime. I mediate gun and knife crime across London. Much of what your previous caller said is absolutely true. Um, a huge amount of the, the gun and knife crime is associated primarily with drugs. Um, I personally think that hanging the gang's label on it is not helpful. It is a youth crime issue, a youth violence issue. Um, there's, there's lots of ways we need to tackle it, and I think enforcement has a very strong part, and the police definitely need more resources in order to do that. But we work from a different angle. We work about... We work within the conflict so we um, visit we have referrals from um, different organizations and we visit young men and um, occasionally young women who have been stabbed or shot and we try and get to the bottom of their conflict um, obviously this is at a very high risk level they're they're well ensconced in into gun and knife crime at this point and i think that has to be tackled from a, an opportunity point of view giving them opportunities to get out of that lifestyle mm. much as st giles trust do as well as the work we do but i think it also has to be tackled much much earlier you know we need to tackle this from all sorts of different angles another angle i very very strongly believe needs to be addressed is within schools within primary schools before they transition into secondary schools we need to look at teaching our young people how to argue without using violence mm give them skills to have a discussion to have that conversation and walk away or agree to differ much of you know society just doesn't allow kids to do that or they don't seem to be being taught to do that their first response is to reach into a pocket yeah yeah Claire, Claire, um, stay stay with us i'm not getting rid of you but you know a little while ago i did i did ask if um a copper would get in touch and i will respect your anonymity but i really want to know some some people i mean Claire, stay with us have been saying, look, young people have very little choice. They don't believe, somebody put it this as starkly as if they don't believe the police will protect them, so they have to protect themselves. We have somebody who is a serving police officer. Um, hello, I, I don't know what to call you, so can I just call you, what shall I call you? Pick a name out of the ether so I know um, it's you. Um, I suppose you could call me Clive. Clive. Clive, so as a, as a police officer, when you hear people saying, look, some, some kids just have very little choice where they grow up, what they are surrounded by and what they believe and what they believe is the policemen are not there for them. That's what they will do. They will just carry knives and you're not going to be able to change that. What do you say? Um, I, don't, I don't actually disagree to some extent. Uh, there are an awful lot of socioeconomic factors which play into uh, the knife crime epidemic we're facing 
um, particularly among young people today. Part of it is austerity. Um, we don't have the community centres. We don't have the um, sort of community fabric which uh, we have up to, up to recently um, enjoyed and, and used even uh, as part of diversionary um, courses and so on for young people. But there's also, unfortunately, not a deterrent there anymore. I think the criminal justice system are failing young people by not enforcing the laws which uh, are already in force. Like which ones? Um, I mean, give me sort of a for example in your experience. So, for example, um, there was a, a high-profile case in, in London recently of the... Um, the young gentleman with a, a zombie knife attacking um, uh, another gentleman in a car. Mm. It was gang-related, of course. Um, the judge originally gave um, a two-year sentence suspended for two years. That was judged to be too lenient by an appeal court who raised it to, to three and a half years, uh, no longer suspended, which is a, a more appropriate sentence. But the, the real issue is... Uh, without a deterrent, without uh, the criminal justice process, uh, ourselves included as the police mm. and the courts, enforcing these uh, these laws, such as possession of a bladed article, possession of an offensive weapon, uh, appropriately. Yeah, young people are learning that there is uh, there's no consequence to the action of carrying a knife. It further um, really sort of cements that lifestyle choice. Uh, because it is a choice, regardless of the uh, the other factors which which do affect it, um, and unfortunately, they they learn there's no consequences, and, and up to the point where they reach eighteen, um, all of a sudden there are consequences. Uh, uh, is the Home Secretary to right to pitch it at age twelve, Clive? Um, I think so. I think so. Unfortunately, twelve-year-olds do kill people um, uh, and do carry knives. Mm. That's a problem we can't get away from. Teaching. Uh, young people, even as young as 12, that they can carry a knife uh, and all that we require of them is is to go and and have a a chat with some professionals before they can get back out and do exactly the same thing again. Frankly, it's it's failing our young people. Um, They become so indoctrinated uh, with gang culture, um, with drug dealing, uh, and it's very hard to reach them, not only because of the austerity and mm. cuts to, to our services and others that we would use as a diversion uh, otherwise, but also because there's, there's no effective deterrent anymore. They see their friends, their gang members, um, because these units mm. are very close, almost like family, yeah. um, committing similar offences. And uh, so and, that and just becomes their way. Clive, I'm very grateful. I know that's not what we're going on, but thank you so much for, for answering the call. Thank you, Claire, and thank you, everybody who's called in. It's been refreshing to talk about something other than Brexit this week. We'll be back same time next week. Till then.